Hey there, I'm Matt Cotty. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I specialize in helping people take their lives back from OCD and anxiety. Now, if you or someone you know is stuck in fear, worry, or doubt, then you know how much it can limit your life. So on this show, I'm gonna share with you different tools, strategies, and principles to help you break free from the loop, which will ultimately give you the freedom to focus on and improve every other aspect of your life. Welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Show. All right, hello and welcome to this episode where we're going to continue our series on how to break free from OCD and anxiety. Uh, my name is Matt Cotty and I'm a licensed clinical social worker, the founder of Restored Minds and the creator of the AAA Response. And so uh, real quick before diving in the show, please like and subscribe, uh, hit the little notification bell as well if you're joining us on YouTube, and also please leave us a nice review on iTunes and Spotify as it really helps the show. And if you could please take, again, 30 seconds to do that, again, I would be very appreciative. Um, so last episode in our series uh, on, on breaking free from OCD and anxiety, we started with just understanding the problem itself, right? The loop itself. And you know, again, really understanding that the objective of breaking free is breaking the loop, right? Not stopping thoughts, not stopping feelings. So I want to talk about something called exposure and response prevention today. And I want to talk about a few things, you know, as far as understanding what it is and then understanding where most people go wrong with it. Um, you know, cause again, I'm not, I'm not going to make a ton of assumptions about where you are in your journey um, in this. So I, I want to, you know, kind of create, create this from a, a perspective that, that it would be helpful, hopefully universally to anyone struggling. But a lot of people, what they do is they, um, you know, will Google a bunch of stuff, read blogs, watch other YouTube videos, right? All that stuff, which is all great to, to research. But uh, they, they read about things like ERP or exposure and response prevention. And oftentimes really really freak out, really um, have a negative re reaction to it because it, it seems insurmountable and something that is terrifying to do. And then they feel hopeless about their recovery because they don't believe they can do ERP. So ERP, right? The idea of exposure and response prevention, what we're doing here is, is again, you know, having an exposure to the thing we don't want, right? The thought, the feeling and that experience happens. And then we're preventing ourselves from responding with a safety behavior or a compulsion. So number one, that like, and, and there's been some brilliant people that have pioneered this work, but the idea of ERP and teaching and someone reading ERP and trying to implement it. Uh, I don't see a ton of people who, who just read that and just naturally go have success because and, and there's a variety of reasons. Number one, telling someone to stop an unhealthy behavior is generally speaking, not a good intervention, right? So, I mean, and, and you know, we know that it's like, if, try to tell someone who smokes, you know, cigarettes, you know, two packs a day. And if they, if, if you want them to stop smoking cigarettes, you just say, you'll stop smoking, right? Or someone who's using, uh, you know, who, who abuses alcohol, right? Oh yeah, just stop doing that, Right. Essentially, that's the kind of message of ERP, right? Expose and then prevent yourself from doing a compulsion or prevent the response of a compulsion. So 
I haven't seen a lot of people read or be exposed to a concept like that and then instantly be affected because again, you're still focusing on a problematic behavior and trying to not do that as opposed to doing something that is the correct thing that indirectly eliminates that. So, you know, and, and so moving towards a solution is always usually better when it comes to behavioral modification. Um, in, in my experience, and that's just, you know, that's just what I believe. Um, as opposed to just telling someone, Hey, stop doing a behavior that's, that's harmful or, or, uh, or not healthy. So that's number one. Number two is a lot of people are doing behaviors and they don't realize they're doing them. So they, they have a certain experience, right? Cause a lot of them feel like they, you know, a lot of people report, they just feel like this happens automatically, right? Because essentially they've practiced compulsions or safety behaviors for so long that they, they just feel second nature to them, you know? So a lot of people are engaging primarily in mental behaviors. And these are the behaviors that include things again, like the mental rumination, right? So when you're just again, trying to figure out, well, why did I have that thought? What did that thought mean? Well, you know, why did I have that thought? Not this one. And, and you're okay. Well, why did I have, did I, you know, going reviewing your past, like mental reviewing or reviewing or, or, you know, again, coming up with plausible scenarios in your mind, um, it, thought blocking, thought suppression, thought replacement, right? All these uh, mental essentially actions that someone's going through in an attempt to try to neutralize the thought or neutralize the feeling itself and or or ultimately alter it in some way. So that's the behavior. Most people think that the behaviors are only physical, right? They're, they they understand the idea of hand washing. Um, they may understand the idea of avoidance, of getting reassurance, of you know going and checking lots, checking the stove. Those are all behaviors as well, okay? But primarily what most people seem to engage in, if I had to give it like the 80-20 rule, um, is 80% of the behaviors tend to be mental because they just are happening all the time. A, a thought pops up and then it's just rumination or it's analyzation. It's it's just going and going. With contamination, uh, there tends to be more physical, you know, in my experience, just because a lot of the contamination involves washing, right? The hand washing, things like that. And with other specific fears or, or you know, OCD and anxiety manifestations, there are more physical behaviors. But for the majority of people that, that I work with, the majority of people that come through taking back control, they tend to find that a large majority of their behaviors are mental. So another reason that people have a really hard time with ERP is because they're like, okay, I need to do ERP and I need to, you know, expose myself to a trigger, have a thought, have a feeling, and then not do my behaviors. And they don't realize that they're engaging in a ton of mental behaviors, right? They, so a good example of this, let's just take someone who has contamination again. Uh, or a contamination fear, they may touch a doorknob that feels contaminated to them and then not wash. Okay, so technically they're doing an exposure by touching and then preventing the response of washing, but then they're going to go and ruminate, right? And they're just sitting there ruminate. Okay, I'm safe. I know that doorknob wasn't contaminated. I know it didn't have this. And they're reassuring themselves, mental reassurance, right? Mental checking, thought suppression, thought replacement, all this stuff. 
not realizing that they're doing compulsions right there. So they're not really doing ERP. They're doing an exposure and then they're simply replacing the compulsion with a mental one. And then they're like, well, I tried ERP and it didn't work for me because in, the, in their mind and even to a untrained clinician or coach or you know person who's guiding them on ERP, that person may think they're actually doing ERP. They might be like, well, you see, the person touched it and they didn't wash and they're still struggling. So ERP doesn't work for them. And it's like, no, ERP does work. It's just you replace, they're, they're replacing the compulsion with a mental behavior, right? A mental compulsion. And, and we can't see if someone's doing a mental compulsion. Only the person knows if they're doing it or not. This is where a lot of people go wrong when it comes to breaking the loop. This is where I'd say the majority of clients I've worked with, the people who, especially people who have come through some kind of treatment before and then came and joined TBC or work with me and my team directly, um, whether that's in a one-on-one or group basis or even just coming through the, the program itself, the number one realization people have and report again and again is, I didn't realize I was doing so many compulsions. You know, because they they falsely believe that they're only physical or they are doing things that they don't even realize is a compulsion, is a safety behavior. Okay. Does that make sense? Like the the point the point I would want to stress here is in order to break the loop, there has to be no behaviors. There has to be an elimination of behaviors. Your goal for breaking the loop is to be behavior free. And so when we when we grasp this idea though and we really get this it's important because then we have to start implementing a solution that's going to actually help us be behavior free right one of the things i like about you know um aa or alcoholics anonymous is in that in that group that program all of it i mean there's many positive things about it um but one of the things that they measure correctly is this idea of one thing, did you drink? Did you drink, right? It's not, did you wanna drink? Did you have a thought about drinking? Did you have a dream about it? You know, none of that matters. Did you drink, right? They, they keep the focus very, you know, like the solution focused, right? Like we're gonna, we're gonna again, be the, the, the goal is again, the elimination of the behavior. And all the other stuff is just conversation. And if you didn't drink, that was a good day, you know, and, and again, they measure and keep track of their success with the chips of, you know, whether it's 30 days, whether it's a year, you know, 10 years, all this stuff. That is the right, the, the way of, of talking about breaking that wheel there of, of alcoholism. So same thing here with with OCD and anxiety. It's as long as you understand that we're solving a loop problem and the loop is what's keeping your nervous system in that sympathetic state, the way we the way we break the loop is by again, the primary intervention is exposure response prevention, but the the thing is you have to do it correctly, right? So you have to make sure you're eliminating physical and mental behaviors. You can't replace it with one. And this is this one thing is really where I see most people um, have have big aha moments for themselves because once they understand that, they understand like, you know, that was probably one of the biggest realizations on my own journey where I, 
heard someone explain mental compulsions one time and I was like, they were like going through a list of mental compulsions and I was like, I do every single one of those. And, and then the person's like, yeah, well, that, that's why, you know, you're not getting better. And I'm like, you mean to tell me like the things that I've been doing that I've been thinking are helping myself are actually making me worse. And it's like, yep, that was a tough conversation, right? Those are tough conversations to have, but regardless, it's like, when you really get that, that that's the turning point. And this is why, again, we talk about the AAA response and I teach AAA response because we move to a solution. And by doing a solution repetitively that indirectly eliminates both mental and physical behaviors, that's what breaks the loop. That's what true ERP is. For most people, ERP is, is not about doing these crazy exposures. It's actually about teaching them how to eliminate all their mental behaviors. That produces far better results than trying to get someone to do some radical, crazy exposure like they read about online. Because most of the time, even when someone does that, they end up engaging in a bunch of behaviors and it ends up making them worse. ERP is the elimination of compulsions. And then yes, we can progressively integrate in different exposures. But the first thing that we have to do is make sure the person eliminate, knows that they're eliminating all behaviors all safety behaviors. That's why in TBC, before we ever even talk about uh, physical or planned exposures, for several weeks, we're dialing in what to do with thoughts, what to do with feelings, and how to make sure we're not engaging in any physical or mental safety behaviors. And that's the only thing we're working on. Once we get that process dialed in, then integrating in exposures is, is really secondary. And I think that's where you know, I know that's where most people go wrong, right? So with that said, um, in the next part of the training, we're going to talk a bit about the AAA response, but then I want to talk about different manifestations of OCD and anxiety and really what breaking out of that specific loop looks like in this series. So I'm excited to be going through the series with you because I want to, I want to dive into really specific forms of OCD and anxiety, whether it's harm, you know, intrusive sexual thoughts, uh, you know, contamination, panic attacks, uh, driving, flying, right? You know, there's, there's all these different things that we can really express. But again, understanding the problem correctly first and understanding the solution, like we talked about in these first two parts, uh, you know, again, are just so paramount to someone's success. And that's why I, I wanted to take the time to make this because I just think um, just these simple realizations can often be just just mind blowing and very transformative for someone's journey. So, with that said, hope uh, hope this served you. Hope this helped. Again, uh, we have a link down to the book. You can check that out. Uh, we also have again a whole um, application if you wanted to join us in TBC, so you can fill that out as well. Um, and then the book's available on Amazon if you prefer that way as well. So again, that's going to really supplement a lot and, and dive deeper into what I'm talking about in this series. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, I hope you have a great week and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found it helpful, please do me a quick favor and help us out by subscribing and leaving a nice review on iTunes and Spotify. I would really appreciate it. Also, if you're looking for a deeper level of support on your journey, we have several resources to get you started over at RestoredMinds.com. And we've even included some links right down in the notes of this show. 
Lastly, if you have any questions, you can email me at support at restoredminds.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to see you soon.